now for all of you. This morning I want to talk to you about following Jesus. Following Jesus. Jesus demanded a lot from us to be his disciples by bearing our own crosses. In other words, being a Christian doesn't just mean we believe the right things about Jesus or even claim to love him. He demands a life of sacrificial service, not to gain his favor, of course, but out of gratitude for what he has gained for us, forgiveness of sin and eternal life. We often refer to ourselves as followers of Christ, but what does that really mean? When Jesus called Peter, Andrew, James, and John to follow him, they physically left what they were doing to be with him. The disciples had tangible evidence. They could see his direction with his eyes, with their eyes, they and hear his words with their ears. But how do we follow Jesus today? As we examine today's passage, we'll see some essential elements that show us how to be followers of Christ, true followers of Christ. Get your Bibles out. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 22 is going to be the crux or well, we got this information, uh, the crux of this, the sermon is going to come from these scriptures here. I want you to pay close attention to what Jesus says when he comes across the disciples. Matthew 4, verse 18 through 22, Ryan. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Mm -hmm. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me. Keep going. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, uh -huh. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father. <laughs> Mending their nets, he called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Our passage for today describes how Jesus saw Peter, Andrew, and James, and John with their boats and nets and relatives that he said to them, follow me. And they got up and left everything and followed him. What would you do today if Jesus came to your office, came to your home, or stood before you in church and said, follow me? Let me tell you, he is doing that now. The text shows us the consistent command to follow me. Now I want you to look at this. He does this command or he says this command over and over again in the scriptures. You can see what he said, follow me. And this is what his command to us today is also. This is consistent and a vital part of what it means to rightly be related to the Lord. We are to follow him. It's amazing to note that in the first four books in the New Testament that follow me is in there 20 times. So we can deduce from that knowledge that this is a subject worth studying, something that is important and also something that's vital to our understanding as children of God. We've got to get this. What does it mean to follow? Let me first tell you what following Jesus does not mean. Following Jesus does not mean just going to church. Amen. Amen. 
following Jesus does not mean just going to church. There are many people who foolishly say, yes, I follow Jesus because I go to church. But just going to church is not following Jesus. Going to church should be a part of following Jesus, but there is much more to that than just that. Because you can go to church and not be a follower of Jesus at all. In fact, you can go to church. Let me let the scripture explain to you. Mark chapter 1, verse 23. Now there was a man in their synagogue. Hold on, there was a man in church, right? And what was that man doing? With an unclean spirit, and he cried out. So you don't have to take a lot of comfort or consolation that you are a follower of Jesus just because you go to church. All kinds of people who belong to the devil go to church. Going to church is not the same as following Jesus. Following Jesus does not mean just believing in who he is. James chapter 2 and verse 19 through 20. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe. Even who? The demons Even believe. the de demons believe and do what? And, and shudder. Amen. Keep going. But do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? James says that demons believe in who Jesus is. So coming to church don't make you a follower. Amen. Amen. We got to understand that a lot of us think because we came, we can check that box off and that I'm a follower. I keep telling you over and over again, we need to stop trying to be Christians and be more disciples. I don't see a scripture in the Bible that tells me to make disciples, make Christians. It says to make disciples. Amen. I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to go where he goes. I want to learn from him. I want to spend a time with him. I want to have a relationship with him. I want to be wherever Jesus is. That's where I want to be. Amen? Amen. When two or more gathered in his name, uh, he so am I in the midst. I want to be right there with the saints that are worshiping Christ. Amen? Amen? We need to understand that. Now look at John chapter 12, verse 42. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did Hold on. Many did what? Many believed they in believed him. They believed in him. Mm -hmm. it, don't, it doesn't matter if you believe. The demons believed. We see here the rulers believe, but because of the Pharisees, they would not confess. They wasn't confessing him. You can believe it, but if you don't confess it, it don't mean a, a hill of beans. Mm -hmm. If you come down here and you can say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. But if you don't put him on in baptism, none of that matters. Amen. A follower of Christ is a follow, follow through. Where he goes, you goes. What he does, you do. Amen? Amen. We need to understand the difference between a follower and someone that's proclaiming to be a Christian. Amen? Lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Uh-huh. For they, why? Why did he put out of the synagogue? For they love the approval of men rather than the approval of God. Amen. The Bible says that these people believed who Jesus was, but they were ashamed to confess him and they were lost. They weren't saved because they didn't follow Jesus. Just believing is not following. Following Jesus doesn't mean that you like him. We have to understand this today. This is not what it means to follow Jesus. Following Jesus is, means more than just saying liking his words and enjoy reading what he has to say. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? For those first disciples following Jesus meant literally, physically, leaving where they were and following him wherever he went. Peter, Andrew, James, and John all did that. The Bible says that Peter and Andrew immediately, immediately, immediately left their nets and followed him. 
They literally left what, where they were and walked with Jesus. The Bible says that James and John did the same things. Immediately, they left the boats and their father and followed him. Matthew did the same thing. Look at Matthew chapter 9 and verse 9. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew uh -huh. sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. He got up from his tax collector's office and walked after Jesus. All these men literally left behind what they were doing and started following Jesus. I want you to listen to that. Left things behind. They left jobs, they left their nets, they left their families, they left their priorities, they left their plans, they left their appointments, they left all kinds of things to follow Jesus. So we see that following Jesus means that we're gonna do some things differently. That there will be some things that we will have to leave behind. Now we're in a little bit of a different situation today in those disciples were, in that Jesus does not physically stand before us calling us to walk with him but let's not lose too much in translation following Jesus still means leaving some things behind to follow him in a brand new life they left something behind to follow Jesus the disciples abandoned the comforts of home and the security of a regular salary other believers might be called to give up something totally completely it means you leave behind the life you might might have been might have planned that was centered around you listen to me again it means you leave behind the life you might have pl had planned that was centered around you when you follow Jesus your life is about him it is centered around him now the question is your of your life is no longer not what you want to do is what he tells you to do it is no longer what you feel like doing is what his word instructs you to do your life is not about what you can achieve here on earth but what you can store up in heaven amen you are leaving behind your old ways of life to follow Jesus in a brand new kind of life truly following Jesus does not mean you just go up down up and down and whatever you do and whatever you want to do and Jesus will forgive you no following Jesus means imitating him who was tempted in all things as we are yet without sin Following Jesus means living a holy life like he did. You leave your sins behind. Someone said if you look on the road behind Jesus and his disciples, you will find all kinds of things that were left behind. There were fishing nets left behind. There were boats left behind. There were family members that were left behind. Businesses, money, sins left behind. Sinful partners and relationships were left behind. There was ego and selfishness and self-centeredness left behind. There was careers left behind. Following Jesus means leaving some things behind. A good question I want to ask you this morning. What are you leaving behind? What have you left behind to follow Jesus? We talked about this this morning about living a sacrificial life. I have to give some things up. I can't hold on to my old stuff and expect God to bless me with some new stuff. Amen? Mm -hmm. Amen. My road behind me has to be littered with some things that I've given up. Some people I've stopped hanging around with. Some bad habits I've had. Some things i got to give myself up. Some of us haven't even truly given ourselves up. 
Some of us still want to hold on to our old ways and our old way of thinking and want God to bless that. I've told you before, God will not bless a mess. Until you give yourself totally to God, your blessings will be cut short. Amen? Or there's some things you no longer do because you're following Jesus. Or there are dreams you no longer dream because you're following Jesus. Or there are people you no longer associate with because you're following Jesus. If you're really following Jesus, there will be things left behind on the road after you. It just makes sense. If you're following Jesus, it means you're not following something else. It means you're leaving something behind. What, you, what have you left behind for Jesus? What should you be leaving behind to follow him? Following Jesus means spending time with him. That's one of the most important elements of following Jesus. Walking with him, spending time with him. That's, what's the first, that's what the first followers of Jesus did. They just walked with him, asked him questions, listened to him. I want you to understand, they just spent time with him. Look at Mark chapter 3 and verse 14. Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Ryan, you're going too fast. He, Jesus chose 12. We're talking about the disciples, right? Say amen if you're listening. Amen. He appointed 12. What did he appoint them for? That they might be with him. And they then. might be with him. That was the purpose for them to follow, to be with him. Our purpose is to be with him. We can't be followers of Jesus if we don't want to be with him. Amen? amen? We can't say we're a part of something and we're not here. I'm not only talking about this building. I'm talking about being spiritually, being involved with him. I'm talking about being in prayer. I'm talking about spending time in your Bible. I'm talking about spending time alone, meditating on God's word, understanding who he is and what he He's, he uh, holds you accountable for. Amen? Amen? And that he might send them out to preach. He might send them out to preach. In fact, this was the, what salvation truly really is. God made us to be with him forever. But ever since the time of Adam and Eve, we have all sinned and our sins separated us from God. If God hadn't done anything for us, none of us would be ever be able to be with him in heaven because we all have sinned. But Jesus came to die on the cross and pay for our sins to bring us back to God, not just so we could be saved, but look at 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, mm -hmm. that he might... Hold on, I want to say, why did he do these things? We're talking about following Jesus, spending time with Jesus, not just calling yourself a, a follower, a Christian, a follower. What, what, did, what is Jesus trying to get us to do? What he wants us to understand in scripture. What he, why did he want to do that, uh, Ryan? He said, for Christ also suffered for, once for sin and righteousness for righteous, unrighteous. That he, he might bring us to God. That he might bring us to God. Do you get this? He's, he wants us to be with God. You can't be a follower if you're not there. He's trying to bring us to God. He's trying to do whatever he can to get us to have the relationship with God. How can you talk about going to heaven and spending time in eternity with God and you want to spend time with him here? Amen. 
How can you say that? How can you say, I want to spend eternity with God, I'm going to sing with God, and you can't come down here and sing for one hour? Amen. God forbid if we sing an extra song, you got folks that get all nervous, folks walking all around, and you say you're going to be spend time in eternity in heaven with God? Eternity is a lot longer than an hour. Amen. 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 If we can't do it here, how do you expect for us to, God to think we're going to do it there? This is our testing ground right here. This is our tests, our trials go on right here. You work yourself, God is molding you so you can fit up there. I remember it was a story of a, a mason that was working on a church building. And he was sitting down on the ground floor and he had a scaffold up on the cathedral. And he was just knocking uh, on these bricks, knocking on these bricks and he kept looking up. He was knocking on these bricks, this brick he was doing. So a man comes by and he says, what are you looking at? He says, I'm down here knocking all this, this brick, all this rough stuff, so this can fit up there. That's what God is doing to us here. He's knocking all that rough stuff off of us here so we can fit up there. Amen. Ain't that something? Amen. Now, you don't get up there and he start knocking it off. That don't work. He's knocking it off here. We're going to have some problems here. We're going to have some edges that need to be hewn. We're going to have some things. We're going to have some, some rough ashlar that's going to need to be knocked off. It's going to need to be molded so it will be able to fit up there. Amen? Amen? None of you are able to fit up there right now. Amen? Because we're all with sin. Amen? Amen? Being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. The whole purpose for which we were saved was that we might come back to God and be with him. So the big privilege of being saved or following Jesus is that we get to be with him. This is what we're saved for. We will be with God forever in heaven. But we have to start being with him right now by faith as we walk with him in his word and pray and worship every day. This is a great privilege for which Jesus brought us for himself when he died on the cross. But if you're not walking with him every day in his word and prayer and worship, then you're not really following him. But following him also means more than just spending time with him. Jesus talks a lot about what it means to really follow him. He says, look at this, this, these highlights. I'm not going to keep you long. The disciples heard Jesus' voice. Today, Christ speaks for us through his word, giving instructions and guidance through direct command, prohibition, spiritual principles, and biblical example. Ryan, go to Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7. Hold yourself. And within us, we have the Holy Spirit who directs our path and corrects us as we go astray. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice. Now... If Jesus is calling out, we saw in the first, first scriptures that we used, the crux, that Jesus was walking along the sea line and he called for the brothers, called them to follow me. How could they follow him if they didn't hear him? They didn't hear him. Think about that. How can Jesus call you if you're not hearing him? Javon, I want you to make sure that you lock the doors here before you leave. Okay, brother, couple. No, you just nod your head. We come back and I say, well, Gary, do you know that the doors are wide open? Well, I told Javon to do it. So, Javon, did you lock the door? I didn't hear you. Do you understand? You see the example? How can you do the task of what God has for us if you're not hearing him? 
You ever told you, ask your kids to do something, then you walk off and you come back and it's not done, and they say, I didn't hear what you said? Why they don't hear you? Let's talk about that. Why don't they hear you? Distracted or not listening. Mm-hmm. For you gotta be listening. When someone comes into my presence, and I think them worthy enough to ask me a question, I want, I want to give them all my attention. How would you like to talk to somebody and they're not even paying attention to you? Think about that. But yet and still you love me. Think about that. I like using our kids because it's the same thing as we flip the paradigm. We are children to God. When God talks to us, how do you think God feels when he's talking to us and we're like, don't have time for it. We're too busy. We're too busy chasing after our own desires. Can't pay attention to what's said. He's trying to tell us some things. He's trying to warn us some things. But you know what? We can't hear. We're too busy caught up in our own stuff. Amen? Or some of us don't even know God's voice. Ain't that sad? God is talking to you. You don't even know who it is. You know the first thing that comes to your mind, neat? It's a devil. You know why? Because you're the devil. He said, you know your father. I know my father's voice. My father's been passed away for six years. If I hear his voice, I don't care who's in there. I know that's my daddy's voice. I know my daddy's voice. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you how all of us know. We can hear a song. That person can have sung that song 40 years ago and dead. And go, we know who that was. <laughs> oh, man, that sounds like Otis Redding. Oh, man. Some of that's Elvis Presley. I know the king. No, no, but do you know the real king? Do you know his voice? Do you hear his voice? Are you available to hear his voice? We can't follow him, church, if we don't hear his voice. And we can't use the excuse, I didn't know. No, because we got to answer to God for what we've done and haven't done. He said the time of ignorance is gone. We can't say, well, I didn't know. You know why you don't know? Because you don't spend time in his word. Amen, church. Within us, Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, Ryan. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Uh-huh. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us. Who, where do you get, where you get the word from? Another thing is, you know what? If we hear the word, where are we getting the word from? Who are you listening to? See, a lot of us, we'll pass up God listening to God and listen to somebody else. It says right here, it says that for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from who? From us. Us. We have apostolic example. We have biblical authority. And we have the examples of the first century church. Those are your three that we go by. Everything that we do here is in that. It's in that. We need to make sure that we're listening to the right thing. Some people would rather run from the truth and go listen to a lie. Amen, Walls. You can have somebody tell you some of the most foolish stuff in the world and you'll believe it. You'll believe it. We'll take people from their word, but won't take God for his. Ain't that sad? Ain't that sad? But if God said, just believe in Christ, confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and be baptized, and he will grant us eternal life. As long as we put Christ on the baptism and live faithfully, you know what? Somebody will go to somebody else and listen to him. Say, you don't have to do that. If you say these words today, we believe in, the, in our, we believe, not God said, we believe that you have made Jesus your Lord and Savior. No, the Bible doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. 
Not only we have to be careful and listen to it, we got to make sure we're listening to the right voice. You can't follow the right and listen wrong. You can't go to heaven and be baptized wrong. You can't be right with God and in the wrong church. Amen? We got to make sure we're doing the right thing. Also, what it says, uh, come on, uh, Ryan. You welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth. But you welcomed it as the truth. You welcomed it. You know, a man said it, but you said it's the truth. Amen? Keep going. The word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. We can't follow what we don't hear. The Bible speaks to us when we read, when we study, when we meditate. But to follow, we have to be able to hear him. Example. We look at next next thing we have to understand. How can God uh, do? God, how can we do God's will if we can't or won't hear Him? Next, they obeyed without delay. Once the disciples heard the Lord's command, they immediately complied. Following Jesus requires that we not only do what He says, but also when and how He says to do it. Look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 22. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Immediately they followed. There was no hesitation, no delay, no waiting, no uncertainty, and no stalling. Lastly and truly, we got to understand this. When God asks us to do something, and when we hesitate, when we delay, we're telling God that we don't trust him. We're showing God that it's not important to us. The same way when you ask your children to do something and they take their time to do it. When they hesitate, when they show uncertainty. If you trust God, if you're following God, you're going to do it when he tells you to do it. Amen? Okay. Not when we want to do it. God knows what's best for us. I don't understand how we think we know what's best for us when God made us for his purpose. And he's looking out for our, our uh, welfare and our, our benefit. We have to understand when God tells us to do certain things, it's not up to us to think about it, try to figure it out. Just do it. Just do it. That's when you get blessed. That's how we go by faith. Showing God our faith in him. That I trust God enough that I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it without any reservation. I'm gonna just going to do it. And you can count on me to do it. Amen? Amen. Lastly and truly, follow Christ. We have to let go of worry. Listen to what I'm saying. Let go of worry. Worry asks not a single day in our life. In fact, worry oppresses us every second. We can literally affect not only our minds and hearts, but our bodies too. Worry does absolutely nothing positive. Surrender worry to God and watch your life float in his favor. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Hold on. Be anxious in nothing. Why are you worried about certain things? Why is everybody so worried about what's going on in the world? I can't understand why people worry about things they have no control over. You can't change anything that's going to go happen. Nothing. Only thing I can do is I can work on my relationship with God. That's all I can do. That's what I control. I control me. I can't control how someone's going to react to me. I can't control what they're going to do out there and really don't care. That's not my job to do. 
My job is to follow Christ. My job is to be a light in a dark world. My job is to go out and make Christians, make disciples for Christ. That's my job. Some of us are worried about stuff and trying to do things that's out of our pay rate. Amen? Amen. Some of us are trying to fix stuff that we messed up. And that's why it's all messed up. Stop worrying about it and give it to God. Follow him. See, the thing is, we're in, we're in front of God. We want to jump, step out in front of God and tell God what to do. We don't even know what we're doing ourselves. Amen? Mm -hmm. Have a clue of what's going on. But yet and still, if you would just get in your lane, stay behind God, and let God run, go in front and guide you, then you can follow him. He will make that path easier for you. Some of our paths have been a lot harder because we've messed it up. We're trying to do, do it ourselves. And you can't tell some people anything. Just can't tell them. Over and over, say, leave it alone, leave it alone. You know what? They keep picking with it, keep picking with it. Give it to God. Give it to God. Your marriage is having problems with your marriage. Give it to God. If you give it to God, let God figure it out. You keep doing what you're doing. You keep worshiping God, praising God, and keep doing what God wants you to do. God will take care of that. You got family problems. You keep worshiping God, praising God, meditating on God's word. Let God handle that. But when you go back there and start messing around and asking a bunch of questions, all digging up into it, that's why it always messes up. And you know what? You wanted to be on your time. This is God's time. You mess it up and you want it fixed like that. I don't understand how people think that way. We think because of who we are, you know that God just loves us and anything about that we do, that God's going to break his neck and just say, oh, you know, he's going to do that for me. You know, it doesn't work that way. Romans 8.28 says that all things we know, and we know that all things work for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Not your purpose, his purpose. If I'm going to be a follower, I have to l let God lead me. We're trying to lead God. Some of us can't get out of the way because we will not let God be God because we ha always have to put something in it. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. To follow Jesus, we have to turn everything over to him. Our problems, our needs, our family problems, our health problems, our own agenda. Look at Galatians chapter 2, verse 19 through 20. We're getting close. For I, through the law, died to the law, that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is no longer I who live. I have submitted to God's will. I'm following God. This ain't my life no more. You know, you hear people, I'm living my best life. No, I'm not living my best life. I'm living the life that God has given me to live. Amen? Amen. I know I'm living that. I didn't want to be a preacher. I never, I didn't plan on when we came around the fifth grade and they said, what you want to do? I put on there, I want to be a fireman. Somebody said, be a preacher? No. That don't make no money. Be no preacher. I don't like being around people. No. I don't want to do that. This is not my life. This is the life that God chose for me. Amen. My blessings is not being a fireman. My blessings is being a preacher. Yours might not be a preacher. Yours might be something else. But you better make sure that something else is what God wants you to do. Amen. Too many of us are out there doing our own thing and want God to bless it. He's not going to bless that. He's going to bless what he wants you to do. My blessings is here. God said your blessings is here. You stay right there. Sometimes, sometimes, and you'll know by the Holy Spirit, sometimes God wants you to move from where you are. 
and go to your blessing. Amen. Mm -hmm. Some of you have come here by different ways. And you ask yourself, Why did, how did you get here? Because God sent you here. Follow where God leads. Amen. I thank God for Jesus. Amen. Amen. All these things are a part of what it means to follow Jesus. It means we leave some things behind. If that is what it means to follow Jesus, you, can you say that you are following him today? Are there times when you just love him and sing him, sing to him, not in church, but when you just you and him because you really love him from your heart? Are you becoming more like him, more humble, more dependent upon him, more humbly and more holy? Are you doing what Jesus would do in this world? Are you going where Jesus would be going? Listen, if you're not going where Jesus is going in this world and you're not doing what Jesus is going to do in this world, then in what sense you're saying that you're not following Jesus? Following Jesus means a whole lot more than clicking a button on Facebook. It means living our old, leaving our old life and all the kind of things that goes with it. Being a Christian or being a Christ follower is not merely an identification with him. It's a commitment of obedience that demands leaving behind anything that get in the way of living fully in him. Following Christ. Following Christ, I want you to remember that today. Is that I have to leave some things behind. Behind me is all the things that I've left behind. You got to leave some people. You got to leave some family behind. You got to leave some friends behind. But I'd rather leave some friends behind when I can take up my Lord. I can leave some things behind for as my own ambitions, the things I wanted to do. Because those are things that I wanted to do. But now that I'm a follower of Christ, his will is my will now. My life is totally different. My thinking is totally different. I don't think about how much money I can make and what I can do. Money ain't going to make you happy. You don't realize that. You think about folks when they have money, how they're so happy when they're broke. They're money. They was already broke. They was already broke in their mind. That don't make you happy. What makes me happy is knowing that, you know what, that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, that I have a relationship with him, that I know that if I close my eyes today, that I'll make heaven my home. I don't put that strain on my family. Thankful that, you know, I can be an example to them, to help them have a relationship with God. That's what makes you rich. Not the things that you have. Because every funeral I went to, I have never seen a, what's that, a, a U-Haul follower of hers. Haven't seen it. All the things that you accumulate and all the things that you show, that you hold so precious to you, are going to be left behind. Where are you sending up your treasure? Here on earth or up in heaven? We need to decide if we're going to be followers or we're just going to be people that just come to church. If we come to church, we can't make heaven our home because we realize that, you know, the Bible shows the examples of people that came to church that was filled with demons. We had people that shuddered because of Jesus, but that didn't mean they were saved. Because of we, who we are, we are followers of Christ in word, thought, and deed.